This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guests this week are two. One is Joe Kadick and the other is Lisa Tolbert. Joe Kadick she thrives on challenging and putting the customer first when defining and creating new products and processes. Jill believes there's always an opportunity to make work and lives better and easier for all internal and external customers. Jill currently serves as the Director of Continuous Improvement and Lean Plus Knowledge Management at Barton Mallow. In the role, she coaches in organizations on continuous improvement and lean mindset, including training on application and lean principles. Jill loves to help people and organizations connect the dots and finds great satisfaction in leading knowledge management where she works to define and support behaviors, processes, and systems to share, capture, and access knowledge to ensure team members' collective knowledge is action. Prior to Barton Mallow, Jill spends over 20 years in the automotive industry with Chrysler slash FCA in customer insights, marketing, brand, future product planning, portfolio management, and engineering. Leading the development of all new Chrysler Pacifica minivan, a vehicle thoughtfully designed to deliver on the needs of families and children is her greatest pride. Next up, we have Lisa Tolbert, who I mentioned. She serves as the Senior Director of People and Culture at Barton Mallow, a company that is committed to transforming the construction industry through innovation and increased efficiencies in the building process. In her role, she leads programs that includes diversity and inclusion and equity, benefits, people, and analytics, well-being, and team member recognition. Lisa implements programs like the Workplace Chaplain Program, team member surveys, and caregiver leave to enhance the team member experience at Barton Mallow. Prior to joining Barton Mallow in 1998, Lisa had various human resource positions at Modern Engineering, Pickerton Security and Investigation Services, and Jervis B. Webb Company. In 2019, Lisa received the Excellence in HR Award for Diversity and Inclusion from Crane Detroit's business. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks, Nick. We're excited to be here. Uh, looking forward to talking with you and, and your audience about Barton Mallow. You bet. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So one question I ask every single guest or guests now, uh, you are you two are the first a duo of a company that I've had on. I'm excited about that. I've I've brought on a, a group of C-suite professionals, uh, but they're all from different industries. So the first for, for this, but I'm excited. You know, the first question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is what's one thing people might not know about you? So now both of you have to answer that question. And we'll go with, yeah, we'll go with uh, Lisa first. Yeah, game to start. So one thing, many people, even my family members might not know about me is that if I win the lotto today, um, I would love to do freelance photography. I've not practiced it. I don't have a skill in it, but I just absolutely love sunsets. And I know that sounds like a dating response to a dating app, but you know, I just love sunsets and beautiful scenery. So that that's what I would do if I hit the lottery. 
Nice. You're going to jump back on the podcast and then it's going to be, you know, you're, you're going to, it's going to be the sponsored by Lisa podcast. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Gosh, you know, we just had an icebreaker question in a meeting I was in. What would we do if, uh, if we suddenly won one big, uh, I was actually going to buy property in the upper peninsula of Michigan on Lake Superior, but on the work front, I wanted to share something maybe that people don't know about me, um, particular being in this customer experience focused podcast is I started my career in automotive safety engineering. And uh, so I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer first in my career. And, and at that time, there were a lot of uh, new technologies being developed. So it was really an exciting time to be in that industry and, and, and that kind of work. And so because of that, I was able to be sort of one of the early pioneers of side curtain airbags, which you see now in just about all vehicles that come out. But at that time, we didn't even have a way, uh, we didn't have an internal standard. We didn't even know what to call it. And we coined the term SABIC, S-A-B-I-C, for side airbag inflatable curtain. And at the time I felt that we were, um, Nobody, we created this term and now I see that out there. So that, that was pretty cool. And we, we spent a lot of time testing sensors in what um, were called smart airbags at the time so that an airbag would uh, deploy with the appropriate amount of force, whether it was a small or a large occupant. So um, that was all, it was all pretty exciting stuff. Mm, that is interesting. You should have had the acronym be, you know, the last name or your first name. So you'd be like, See that is part of me. <laughs> maybe exactly. maybe the next the next uh, side airbag version of it in the construction industry is coming right. back. So speaking of the construction industry, Barton Malo, you know, for those who don't know or maybe that are not from Michigan or don't have a EV plant, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about Barton Malo and maybe your guys's individual roles. So. Barton Mallow. So we are a construction firm, 99 years strong. Uh, we're actually celebrating 100 years next year, which is super exciting. So we're based in Michigan. Our headquarters is in Southville. Uh, we have about 3,000 team members right now. We have 16 offices across the country. We're comprised of, of four entities and two of our main entities. Uh, one is Barton Mallow Company. And that is our union contractor. And through Barton Mallow Company, we do a lot of automotive, energy, industrial type work throughout North America. And then we also have Barton Mallow Builders. And, and that side of the business specializes in our commercial, healthcare, higher ed, K-12, sports, entertainment. I sit in Barton Mallow Holdings. And in my role as Senior Director of People and Culture, I really have the, the true privilege of working on efforts aimed to improve our team member or people experience at Barton Mallow. So I have an opportunity to work with a great group of professionals around team member engagement, diversity, equity, inclusion, our people analytics, and our benefits. And we aim to have this integrated approach in recognizing that all those different components have an opportunity to have a positive impact on the people experience, not just team member experience, because we recognize that that experience extends beyond the borders of work and oftentimes, so we refer to it, not only as that team member experience, but those experiences related to the family and personal as well. So that true human experience. 
I will be celebrating my 25 years of Barton Mallow in a couple of weeks. So super excited about that. And um, I think it's a great place to work. It's cool. Well, we're going to dig into all of all of that and looking forward to it. Uh, Jill, how about yourself? Yeah. So as I mentioned, uh, I worked in automotive. So coming from outside of the construction industry, and I joined Barton Mallow four years ago. Uh, in a continuous improvement role. So because of that, I've been able to get involved in a lot of different areas of the organization. After I started at Barton Mellow, we took on the initiative of becoming a lean organization. I mentioned that because my I currently sit in that lean organization. And many of your listeners uh, may know lean as a way to improve efficiency, which it is. Um, but more importantly, it's a culture built on respect for people and continuous improvement. So now that I'm part of this lean organization, uh, my focus is on training, supporting, coaching others to behave in lean ways and use lean thinking then as um, a way to problem solve. And I'm also involved in knowledge management. And so in knowledge management, we focus on the dissemination of information and the the sharing and the socialization of of knowledge, the documenting of that information or knowledge. So it's about the flow of of knowledge within the organization and and also creating an environment uh, to facilitate that knowledge collaboration. So again, coming from outside the industry, one of the things that I'm able to do here at Barton Mellow, and one of my favorite things to do is to leverage my background in automotive consumer insights to then work in this customer experience space at Barton Mellow that we call our Barton Mellow experience. I know that these things all sort of sound like these discrete activities or responsibilities, but for me, I see a really direct tie between our internal and external customer experience and knowledge management and, and lean thinking. It all fits together like a puzzle in my mind. I do want to dig into that Barton Mallow experience, but one question I have for you, and I think it's interesting when I, I did construction, uh, wasn't very good at it, but I was good at putting in the time and uh, the, the little muscle that I did have in, in the summers of in between college. But when it comes to the construction industry as a whole, what's some of the biggest challenges that uh, the industry faces? And maybe, uh, Lisa, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I would certainly say from an HR people and culture perspective, staffing and just hiring and finding enough people to do the work um, is a problem that is not unique to Barton Mallow, probably uh, these days not unique to the construction industry. Uh, but certainly during, um, as a result of, you know, COVID and being in the pandemic, we have felt the pressures more. Uh, we've we've experienced what a lot of other organizations in the industry are feeling that, you know, people are taking or have taken this opportunity to like reevaluate, uh, re- reevaluate choices in, in their career, uh, whether or not they're willing or wanting to travel, uh, to be away from home, to be away from family. Uh, so certainly recruiting. Um, is is a challenge uh, that we are uh, really working actively towards overcoming. And then coupled with that, the growth, the rate of growth for Barton Mallow, so that further, um, you know, further highlights that that issue for us here at Barton Mallow. And it, and if I could just say quickly, in addition to recruiting, uh, certainly for us is what we've leaned into even more during the pandemic is mental health. 
uh, in the well-being of our team members. So we've, we've had programs and resources available for team members prior to the pandemic, but certainly during the pandemic, we've uh, seen through different insights that there's definitely has been and continues to be a need to be supportive of team members in that space. Yeah, and in, in just to pause on that real quick, I think that that's so powerful because there is a need in the construction industry. I'm in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, the the amount of my my uh, brother-in-law is in the engineering side at a construction company, and he's like, we're going to struggle to to start hiring more and more people because there is a need in as the organ as the as the city grows, we need to continue to bring on the right people mm-hmm. uh, for the right uh, roles, but also to be able to retain them and keep them and um, so it sounds like it's it's an industry or a, a problem across the industry. But one thing you touched on and I didn't really expect was was the mental health side. Um, what, how long has has that been important, or how long, um, how do you go about that process of somebody understanding that they have an issue to then uh, doing something about that through HR or what other any other channel? Yeah. And one of the things that and efforts that we've done over the years is be intentional about uh, making incremental efforts to really take the stigma out of talking about mental health in the workplace. So whether it's having uh, like virtual sessions um, about it, uh, where we've had some team members who've raised their hands to say like, hey, I've, tr- I've struggled with anxiety and depression over the years and I've overcome it, uh, but I want to be vulnerable enough and I'll share my story, share my experience. Um, and, and, and things like that and, and, you know, really leaning into uh, providing resources for, you know, sharing communication with team members, even sending messaging home uh, for family members, you know, that it's okay, first and foremost, to talk about it. Um, and then to know that there are resources that are available for team members. So we try, we lean into like certain like the national uh, mental health awareness month that happens a couple times a year. Uh, we have team member networks that will rally around that um, and have coordinated efforts. Uh, so we couple that with like the resources so that when a team member uh, has a need and is, you know, whether it's talking to HR or, you know, talking to our employee assistance program provider, just having access to those resources. So we haven't, we've been intentional about not like, like thrusting it in our, the faces of our team members, but just subtly and just continuously uh, letting folks know that one, it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to, uh, to have those issues, but also to know that there's resources available for team members and families for that matter. Yeah. And I I appreciate that you're not making it taboo. It's not like, Oh, you have mental health. That means that you have, you have an issue. It's, you know, in, in aversion, people are going through stuff and it's okay to admit that you have a problem and it's okay to get help. And, uh, so that would that's one of my takeaways. And uh, Jill, anything else you want to add on the on the challenges? No, I was just going to add to some of the comments that Lisa made and about mental health in general and at Barton Mallow and 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 you know she sees it from that HR perspective. I see it from the outside team member perspective. And it, these actions that Barton Mallow has taken are just are very welcomed. Um, I've been I've sat in on some of these webinars and it is I, I feel that it's very. Um, 
the Bart Mill has done a great job taking the stigma away. It's it's okay to ask questions and um, people feel, feel pretty comfortable sharing, which has been really welcoming. On the, on the challenges front, I will say that um, coming into construction from a completely different industry, one of the things that I didn't know about construction is that it's a very fragmented industry. And um, I think as we start talking about some of the things that we've done from a customer experience standpoint, that you'll see that that's definitely a challenge that we have to deal with in an ongoing way. And Lisa introduced Barton Mallow and the, you know, the age of the company and, and who we are. I would also just add that we, um, we operate in a lot of different markets. We do a lot of different kind of work. We uh, commercial work, industrial work, higher education work, entertainment and sports work. And we do that work in a lot of different geographies across the country as well, uh, including a little bit of international work. And so because of that, um, it, it's just a very complex business and a very fragmented business which makes delivering that customer experience all the more challenging. Yeah, I was going to say that. So this whole Barton Malo experience is just the super easy thing that you just design it and then you implement it right away. It's, it's uh, you just kind of, it's like the easy bake oven. You just set it and forget it. <laughs> That's right. Great. So, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, had the opportunity to get to know um, Jill and, and uh, new to Lisa, but um the Barton Malo experience was pretty powerful when I first saw it. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about uh, maybe explain it at a high level to the people, uh, to my listeners. Yeah. So we formally um, developed what we call the, our, our Barton Mallow experience fundamentals about a year ago. And these fundamentals, um, they serve as a guide to all of our team members on expected behaviors, both from us as a company um, but as individuals um, and yeah, expectations of, of Barton Mallow. And when we, when we all exercise these behaviors, we um, create the culture, the experience for ourselves and our stakeholders. So ultimately it's this Barton Mallow experience. It's these behaviors that allow us to deliver on our value proposition. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. And how has that improved the organization, either by culture, by hiring, by retaining that that talent, by behave, by creating those behaviors uh, per per group? Well, let me. Let me tell you a little bit more about the framework, and then I think we can tie that back to some of the improvements we've seen. But the challenge always is in the, is, is in the measurement, right? So our experience fundamentals, and, and 
um, it is for everyone. It's for our team members. It's for our clients. It's for our subcontractors that we work with. It's for our um, industry partners as well. And so those experience fundamentals, it starts with our purpose and our values. And Barton Mallow's um, purpose and values have been well understood long before they were literally etched in stone in our building, in our headquarters building over 20 years ago. Um, our purpose is building with the American spirit, people, projects, and communities. And then our core values are integrity, partnership, and empowerment. And, and I recognize that our core values, you, you see integrity in, in lots of um, core values and in lots of different industries. I will tell you, I think to me, again, having been at Barton Mellow four years and spending a really long career other in another place, that Barton Mellow truly lives those, um, those values on a daily basis. And putting together the experience fundamentals um, helps our our team members um, see what these expectations are of them in order to deliver on those values. So building on, on those values, that leads into our vision and then our behaviors or what we call our commitments. And so in the commitments, we've outlined these, these tangible things, these tangible behaviors for our team members to use that then tie back to those values and ultimately deliver on the value propositions. And we have different value propositions um, that are, are different for each of our customers or each of our, our stakeholders. And I use that, that word customer and stakeholder um, sort of interchangeably because I always, I like to say it doesn't matter which way the money is flowing, whether we are paying someone or we are being paid they're still our customer or our stakeholder in a sense. And so we consider our team members our top stakeholder. And if we aren't acting out the appropriate behaviors and delivering the, on the team members value proposition, our team members are then not able to deliver upon the value proposition for our other stakeholders, which again are our clients, our subcontractors and our industry partners. Yeah, there's there's so much to that. There's there's a lot of meat to that conversation, but I think there's I like like how it's aligned with the mission, the vision, the purpose. Uh, you're you're um, just having integrity in it. You know, one of the things that we discussed is having a caring culture, and I think um, having a caring culture is important because you know at the end of the day, I want to know why people are there. And if it starts at the AHR level, is it because uh, I'm trying to uh, increase my wages so I can afford private school? Is it because I'm trying to, um, you know, survive so I can go from an apartment to a to a house? Or is it is it something else? Like, what is the more that you understand that person's why, the more that you can help drive them towards that goal. But if if they don't care about why they're there. And if, if it's not a purposeful time and they're not bringing that conversation together and sharing that with others, sometimes there is that divide of, I am just a number. Uh, I am just 8,462 instead of Nick. And Nick that has right a family of three kiddos. And um, But the more that you actually care about the employee, the more that that employee will care for 
your customer because they understand their why. And if it's like you said, if it's them, if you guys are either making the payment or if it's or a payment's coming into you guys, it's all about that that relationship. Um, but what does that caring culture mean to you guys? I, I love all of it, Nick. Um, and and certainly for us, and part of our value proposition for t- the team member is that uh, like an environment that's caring in a you know high performing uh, culture. And for us. Caring is about being people-centric, first and foremost. Um, and Jill describes our core purpose, you know, building with American spirit, people, projects, and communities. And we say this often, but in our, our branding and our communication of that core purpose, we see people, projects, communities. Not only is people first when we say it, when we, we see it, uh, but it's always in the largest font. And that was by design and that was very intentional because we recognize that, you know, we can't build the great projects that we do and serve the communities where we build those projects without amazing people who are highly engaged and who are high performing. Um, So caring and being people centric is, you know, going back to where I started in the beginning is recognizing that we are more than work, like we're not defined by our number, like we're humans, we're people, you know, we have needs, we have problems, you know, we have uh, accomplishments, success that go beyond the walls of work. One of the things that I often say is that we, when we go to work each day, whether we're working remotely and, and clicking on the computer or driving to work in, in the parking lot, when we enter those doors, we turn on our computer, like we don't turn life off. Like I don't leave my problems that I may have been having with my child that morning or my spouse the night before, like I don't leave it in the car. I don't like tuck it away. Like it comes with me every day. Right. And it impacts how I might lean into work or lean out of work. It might impact how I might respond to a peer or to, you know, a, a, a customer. So it's part of our mission is to meet people where they are and to have like resources, support, that's available to team members. It might be a team member who is uh, experiencing financial hardship. So, so we have support for that. It might be a team member who, who does have um, a, a ailing parent. Um, and you know, we have caregiver leave support for that. So certainly we, we, we don't have everything for everyone, but we feel that we have done a good job of recognizing like what needs are and being able to satisfy most. And and we are nimble and you know we'll we'll pivot and we'll we'll make changes. But what I'm really proud of what we do intentionally to be caring, to be people centric, is to meet people where they are in their journey of life, first and foremost, uh, before work even starts. So recognizing that that plays a big part and probably even a bigger part of feeling that you are connected to the organization, the feeling that you're cared about as a human being first. So I'm so glad you said that because I typically just focus on customer service, well, and customer experience. I'm I'm going to geek out about both, but as a consumer, a lot of times we try to take the face off of the representative who we're calling in or interacting with, and uh, unfortunately, people try to let them have it. They turn on the Rocky soundtrack and say, "I'm going to." I'm going to tear this person open because I'm frustrated. They didn't meet my expectation and they treated that 
representative like a number. And vice versa, sometimes on, on the opposite side, they interact with the customer and they're putting on hold for 40 minutes and they have to repeat themselves multiple times and they're not actually treating them like a human being. They're treating them like another interaction. And I I love what you said because I believe it's 100% true is regardless of what side of the interaction we're on, we're bringing our whole self to that interaction. And sometimes we just need to shut up and have a little bit of empathy and listen to what's going on on the other side and uh, address of not being of what's not being heard. I had the opportunity to interview a guy who was an international hostage negotiator. And it was really interesting. And the reason why I did it is because it, he talks about the importance of active listening and labeling what's not being heard. It sounds like, it seems like, it feels like you're going through this. He's not saying, I'm sorry that you're in this spot. It's, I'm sorry that you're robbing this bank. But it's I. It sounds like that um, you're not happy with where you're at. It sounds like you're in a tight spot. And when you're addressing of what's not being said, then that person feels known and valued, regardless if you're an employee or a customer, or for that ma- matter, a subcontractor. And when you hear them out, then they feel known and valued, and potentially you can do something about it. But at the end of the day, that's all we really want as human beings is just to feel known and valued. Uh, and that's, so I, I, I loved what you said there. You know, one of the other things that, so we talked a little bit about the Barton Mallow uh, team experience. And I, I love that you guys focused on the, the people, the human beings on the team first. Uh, the next one and some of the other ones, but you talked about the clients and subtractors. So how are you guys focusing on those two after you focused on that member experience? So obviously, um, we can't just take what we do for our internal employees and flip it and do that externally. Um, but in it, it, it's something it needs to be really thoughtful and deliberate, though, in the same way that we've been thoughtful and deliberate on the internal side. And you said something earlier, Nick, about um, you know the people business, and in this. In this industry, you'll hear people say that it's it's not about building things; um, it's about people and relationships. And we're actually in the people business. Uh, so we've we've always had a focus on develop on developing relationships, and also, like you said, with the um, uh, hostage negotiator, it's about listening to these various customer stakeholders, making sure that they're truly heard and then improving what we can improve for our stakeholders. And so that could be taking that feedback and fixing an immediate concern or making a process improvement or um, identifying one of our team members learning opportunities through that feedback. And over time, we have listened to our customers and collected feedback from our clients in various ways. And this continues to evolve as well. Uh, Something else you were talking about, uh, removing the face of the consumer. And um, maybe that works to our advantage that we really can't do that in this business. We're a B2B um, service provider and we uh, we know our, our customers, we know our clients. 
Uh, perhaps we don't know our, always know our end users of the buildings that we're constructing, but that is something that we try to do uh, through the engagement with our clients is, is understand what that client's need is, as well as understanding how that end user is going to um, actually use the facility that we're building. So um, in, in collecting this, this feedback that we do and using it, um, as I mentioned, to improve a number of different things, we're constantly evolving how we are going about listening to our customers as well. And so just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we held a customer feedback process improvement event internally. So a, a Kaizen event, if we use the, the lean vernacular for that. And we worked through how we can improve the way we collect that feedback. Um, and then it's not only about collecting it, but one of the really important things we need to focus on is how we're sharing that feedback internally um, so that everyone is on the same page and how we're acting on that feedback. So it's been a really thoughtful discussion and, um, and, and process that focuses on developing relationships. And I would say at its, at its core, uh, it's the external ver version of that internal caring culture. It's about caring for the people that we serve, uh, caring for the people who put that work in place and uh, care for the process as well. I'm, I'm loving this. And there's um, another similarity of a guy that I, I just recently interviewed, uh, Howard Bihar. He was the uh, previous former president of Starbucks for, I don't know, 15 years. And he said, we're not in the coffee business serving people, we're in the people business serving coffee. Yeah. And I like how you guys are constantly focusing back on the human. And there's there's that that theme that I keep going back to. Uh, one of the things that um, that you guys said earlier was how the construction business is so fragmented. And I think that is a challenge across a lot of organizations or a lot of industries, but specifically in the construction business, because there are so many different um um, groups or specialties that you can get into. So how are you making sure that the experience is a consistent experience across the entire enterprise? So um, it is It is not easy and it is a constant challenge. And I don't think it's a um, it's ever a challenge to be completely solved. You, we, you keep working at it. Um, we do recognize the need to systemize consistency, and, and so that is something we've actively been working on. One of the things we've been talking about recently is uh, defining all the things that we need to do internally to deliver consistently, both internally and externally. Um, and, and to do this, we need everyone you know, singing from the same song sheet. Um, no matter what area of Barton Mallow you work, whether it's in an office or in a job site trailer or out in the elements where the building is being constructed. Um, we also recognize that we need to be aligned across all of those ge geographic regions, the, the geographic coverage that we have so that you have the same experience, whether you are in Michigan, where Lisa and I are, uh, whether you're down in Florida, I'll be down in the Florida office later this week, or you're working on a project out in Arizona. 
And the things that need to be in place in order to deliver consistently, I don't know that they're necessarily unique to Barton Mallow or even to the construction industry. So these are things like um, a consistent message and buy-in from the leadership team, uh, standard ways of performing our work, and then that having those standard practices documented and training available around these topics. And it doesn't matter if those topics are um, procedural in how we uh, construct the building or how we interact with the client, but consistency around all of those things that we need to do in order to get our work done. We also need subject matter experts. We have subject matter experts, but we need our subject matter experts uh, to engage with others who are less experienced and um, support their learning. And one of the things uh, that Lisa and I are both really excited about is um, this collaborating together to foster an environment of collaboration for all of our team members to socially share the why and how we do things in order to deliver on those value propositions. That's cool. I, I yeah. like the I like the why. Bringing it back to the why. When it comes to the Barton Mallow experience, and it, it's so easy to say, I'm focused on the human experience. I'm focused on the team member experience. I'm focused on the subcontractor experience. I think where a, a lot of organizations tend to get um, tripped up a little bit is, is around the measurement of that. And then from the measurement to the action and aligning those with, with outcomes. But, um, you know, one question I had is how, how are you guys measuring the success of the experience today? Yeah, and, and I'm happy to start. And if I can go back and piggyback off of Jill's last response a little bit um, about consistency and experience. Um, so echo everything uh, Jill said there, and, and I'll just add, again, going back to that, the people experience, um, you know, we lean into inclusion at Barton Mallow. So we look to uh, ensure that uh, there's equitable um, opportunities and fair opportunities for advancement in the organization as relates to compensation, as relates to entry and pathways into Barton Mallow. So inclusion, to me, it's, um, it, you know, it's equivalent to being consistent. Uh, so I just wanted to, to make that plug because I think that's an important aspect of um, providing a consistent experience to team members at Barton Mallow. Um, but in terms of measuring um, the experience of team members, okay, we love surveys at Barton Mellow. Um, so we love surveys um, as an opportunity to give team members uh, a chance to provide feedback, provide sentiment about different experiences. Uh, one of the undertakings that we're working on now is um, developing surveys at different points excuse me, pivotal points in the team member's journey. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, so like, for instance, the new hire experience, um, we're doing research on what that sentiment is for team members at different points in the journey at the seven day, at the 30 day, at the 90 day, and, and following team members uh, through that journey to find uh, not only like the sentiment and what the experience is, but where there are some opportunities to make that experience for team members uh, to follow. Um, another example of a pivotal moment is when a team member is is on a medical leave, like that's a big moment 
in someone's life. So uh, getting that feedback all with the, the, the goal of, again, making that experience better for others. Uh, we, we definitely lean into the Employee Net Promoter Score. Uh, we do that on a quarterly basis. We actually uh, just wrapped up one most recently. Uh, so we use that as a measure throughout the year. Uh, to get feedback about just overall, you know, what that, the level of satisfaction and the experience that team members have. Uh, we started last year uh, doing a more, going back to the more traditional, very comprehensive uh, employee survey, um, and then using our ENPS surveys on a quarterly base, basis to measure um, how that work is done. So surveys is not the only way, but it's definitely certainly a method that we lean into to measure that experience of team members. That's great. And then Jill, from your side, how about externally? Yeah, so um, we do a um, an NPS measurement. And as I mentioned that we were just in a, um, a workshop a couple of weeks ago to talk about how that feedback is collected and what we do with it. And also talked about the measurement itself. Because we are in this B2B business, we uh, don't have uh, huge sample sizes of scoring to look at. And, um, and additionally, um, we have an off the charts NPS score, I will say, for Barton Mallow with our external clients. So we look at these and say, oh, wow, these numbers are really good. Maybe we really need to be looking just more at the qualitative kind of feedback that we're getting. And so that's really our focus right now and making sure that we can make improvements in the organization, in the processes, in, uh, in employee training and learning uh, through that, that feedback that we get. And like Lisa said, also looking at the sentiment of that feedback and, and building on that. One question I had for you around that sentiment is companies tend to have a really good experience on the front end. I'm going to go through this interview process. I'm going to tell you how amazing we are. I'm going to have a great onboarding process, but they don't, they, then they just kind of push them into that, the real world and say, uh, Hey, now, now you're measured every quarter. You're measured every twice a year. You're measured once a year but they're not actually truly under, trying to understand ways to reduce friction or create a better experience through that onboarding process. If it's, if it's 30, 60, 90, or 120 days past and saying, hey, here's some points that maybe we can improve on to, to create a better experience through the members or, or even internally as we're starting to learn more about the, the subcontractors. So I appreciate you guys taking that additional step. Were you going to say something, Joe? Yeah, a, a, a couple of things. So we, um, this is, I think, where that custom, the juxtaposition of customer experience and lean comes together. Lean is a culture of continuous improvement and respect for people. And that is the, the culture that we are um, continuing to build here at Barton Mallow. And so when we do get feedback that indicates, oh, maybe there's an opportunity for improvement there. Everyone in the organization really rallies around these opportunities for improvement, and we can bring together a cross-functional group of people rather easily and have a conversation, have some workshop, and figure out what are the, what are the steps that we need to take to make improvement around 
whatever that thing is. So um, I, I think this, yeah, customer experience and lean really comes together at that point. Uh, additionally, we are working on some journey mapping right now, um, a client journey mapping exercise. And, and the output of that is going to help us better understand our clients' needs and expectations at each, each step of that journey and then how the activities at each phase uh, allow us to exercise those Bartonello fundamentals and, and behaviors to further on our goal of delivering consistently. So it's really that measurement is, is very qualitative in nature. Uh, one of the things, though, uh, that we do measure and we look at is repeat clients. And so for us, I think those kinds of measurements are more important than uh, sort of these absolute NPS kinds of scores. Yeah, I, I would say the repeat clients, the, the client lifetime value is is very valuable. If you look for the long term, uh, a lot of organizations sometimes just see in the snapshot of here's who we are and here's the experience that they have today, instead of understanding what that entire journey looks like. Uh, I, I could keep on going, but uh, I have two more questions I, I can ask. Um, and either one of you can jump in at the same time and answer both of them or uh, you can play paper, rock, scissors and figure out which one wants to answer which question. The first question I have for you is what book or person has influenced you or both of you the most in the past year? So I'll pause there. So uh, it's a little over a year ago. I read or rather I listened to a um, big uh, listener of books, uh, Two Beats Ahead. And it's by um, Panos Panay and our Michael Hendricks. Panos is the, I think, the SVP of innovation at Berkeley College of Music. And our Michael Hendricks um, also does some, is a, a assistant professor or something at Berkeley College of Music, but is with um, IDEO. And so this book is not a customer experience book per se, uh, but it's a book about what we can learn from musicians and their, that creative space that they that they work in about problem solving and innovation and collaboration. And to me, I think so much of what we do in customer experience, it's not, you know, and, and we talk at conferences and such about, you know, where does customer experience live in your organization? And it's one of those things that can't live in just a single place, that it has to be the entire organization delivering upon, um, you know, for Bart Mello, our experience fundamentals. And so collaboration is really key to that and being innovative and thinking about how to, how to serve your customers um, in, in new, exciting ways, I guess. So I'm, I'm going to dig into that because I, I love analogies and being a composer or a maestro or is, uh, who is which one and how you make sure that we're all singing in tune or the right music or the right sheet at the right time. So um, I'm digging into that one. Lisa, how about yourself? For me, uh, not so much a book, uh, but a, a person. Uh, well, the, one of the most recent books I read, I was Jill and I were talking about, is more of a spiritual book. Uh, Mitch album, I must got stranger in a boat. You know, it's supported me as I was going through this uh, period of self reflection uh, in my life, and it, it also aligned with when I think about the person who had the most influence on me. 
And it was actually, um, or is actually my daughter, my oldest daughter, you know, I just going through some like really rough patches and um, without going into detail, but just the amount of courage and uh, bravery that she displayed really uh, served as an admirable example uh, for me. Uh, so uh, I'll leave it at that, but just, yeah. you know, she really played a, a, had a big influence on me. That's cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, the The last question I have for you is, or both of you, is if you could leave a note to every single customer service and or customer experience rep, and it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say? To me, it's listen. You know, we have we have two ears, one mouth, so we should be listening twice as much as we're speaking. And I think it starts with uh, listen to your employees, listen to your team members, as we've talked about. And when you understand uh, that group, it's also then listening to to the outside. So it's just it's just listen. And and for me, it's it's pretty simple as well um, around care. So maybe demonstrate care. Uh, but I, I understand it goes for me. It would be both ways. Like we like we care about you and your experience. But for that, those individuals demonstrating care uh, to those that they're interacting with is powerful as well. Well, I look forward here in the coming years, uh, the way that Barton Malo and you guys will continue to listen and care and understand the the journey of that Barton Malo experience. So it's been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys have in store here in the coming years. Thank you so much. Thanks, this was fun. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.